Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving your time out for, and also what we think you can pass on and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast for the week of... May 20th, 2019, episode 35. My name is Ron Harkins Jr. and I am here with my co-host, Anthony Carter and Valerie Vidmar. Hello. Hey. Hello. How is everybody today? Not too bad. We are recording in the evening today, changing things up a little bit, getting a little bit more energy outside of a Sunday afternoon. Um, so a couple new things, uh, a couple little different changes to our format yet again. Um, a couple things will be pre-recorded um, and kind of wedged in here and there, um, just to kind of give a little variety and see what's going to work, what's not going to work. So, what do we got news in the media world? Well, Ron, I thought you'd enjoy hearing this. Uh, Wednesday, May twenty-second, Boss Baby is leaving Netflix for good. Mm, Boss Baby should have never been made, but oh well. But he's leaving, so I thought you'd be. Excited about that. It's just going to go somewhere else. Yeah. And nothing ever really, ever truly leaves Netflix. It will always find its way back there. Scary stuff. And they'll just, they'll just like make it faster and put it on YouTube. Yeah. Are you talking about the Boss Baby movie or the Boss Baby, Baby series? The movie. So the no, series the is series still on. Still on. <sighs> I believe it was a Netflix made series. Yes. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. For you and me, I guess. Boss <laughs> Baby is unfortunate for the whole world. Right. <laughs> if you can't tell, he hates Foss Baby. It's not a good movie. I had to watch it. I didn't like Secret Life of Pets either, so let's move on. Sequel. Secret Life of Pets 2 is coming out soon. I thought the movie was boring. Okay. Um, Game of Thrones is over, like completely done. Um, the final was last night. Now I can go watch and finally catch up to everything. Do... Um, we know. I didn't watch it. Jason didn't watch it. Kendra didn't know. I know. I, I mean, I have people who spoil things for me at work. So I, I yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched it. So I have about, um, how many seasons were there total? Eight. There were eight seasons? Yeah. Okay. So. The eight, I don't know if eight season eight can actually be called a season. <laughs> Six episodes. Okay. So. Um, it's like ha- not even half a season. So I have three and a half seasons to go <laughs> before Probably I Probably about up. where I am. I think I'm going to be at two and a half seasons, I think. Okay. But we'll discuss just, that when we're so finished. So much other things. So many things to look forward to. In, in 2021, what? we will talk about our, our Game of Thrones And we'll up. talk about Lost. And we'll talk. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. Lost was actually the first thing I think I watched in a streaming series. Oh, yeah. I watched. I want to say, was that Netflix? I think it was the first thing I watched on Netflix. Really? Yeah. Maybe no, maybe it was Hulu. You mean Netflix as far as getting the DVDs or the, or the no, streaming? No, streaming. Gosh, I don't remember. I'd have to look. And then the second one was The Office. 
you guys said there was a way of looking on Netflix and finding out what we watched our uh, the history. Yeah, I, I've never tested to see how far back that goes. I still don't know how to do it. Yeah, you have to do it through a browser. I okay. I think it's just you go to Netflix and then you look at browsing history. Scary there stuff. is no browsing I, history. I've brought it up before. I'll I'll show you. Just remind me after we're done. Maybe the you. people at home would like to know. Mm. I'm not going to sit here for five minutes trying to find it and oh, navigating. Okay. On I will report on that next week, people. She'll record a video of her doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the directions. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. <laughs> she will record that a video really bad. of her navigating to the browsing history of I Netflix. Can, you know, people would say, just Google it. Well, yeah. Uh, was that LM? gtfy.com <laughs> Okay. I don't think I, that was probably very nice. But no, I don't know. no, you said just Google it. And I'm just saying that's typically you would do the lmgtfy.com slash whatever. Right. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, so, yeah, Game of Thrones is over and also Big Bane has come to a close this week. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I did not know that. My sister's probably sad. I should send her Thursday. a card. Yeah. She loved that show. I went on too long. Wendy. She, Wendy well, went on it, too long. But it made her laugh. Few things make her laugh. Yeah. 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 And that, that did. I did not know that that left. Yeah, it was... Uh, what day was that? Thursday? Thursday, yeah. Big deal. Huh. Yeah. Well. And they even had like a behind the scenes uh, episode. Cry fest. As well that kind of showed the the Jeez. set and stuff. So. Well, that's cool. Uh, some other news. Uh, Mel Gibson is reportedly remaking The Wild Bunch. Is he back yet or is he still working his way back? Like do we, can we like him I, again? I don't like him in general. But okay. It's not going to stop him from getting work. That's just the way Hollywood, Hollywood works. Right. So. Well, you admit that he... Do you think he has talent? Do I think that he has talent? Mm-hmm. As a director, yes. I didn't really like him as an actor. There are some movies that I didn't... I didn't. You, the movies might have been bad, but I thought that maybe he wasn't too bad in them. Just thought you that. And But I remember watching... Like his, What Women, Women Want? My mom watches that on repeat. I'm not sure why. Which is what... what? what Helen Hunt and Mel Gibson. Oh, that I okay. That's that is the one not... that they just remade with. Uh, oh God. T- ter- t- I can't say her name. She's from Empire. Okay. Yes, I know what you're saying. <clears throat> that is not one but that I was thinking. What men want. Oh. Okay. Yes. Because we're not that. Okay. I have a soft spot for ransom in my heart because because when I was feature films coordinator at the University of Kansas, um, I was like we could bring movies like I got to bring movies that had not hit the theaters yet. I had a big year. I had a ransom. I had Jerry Maguire. Mm. Those are pretty big. <clears throat> Can you believe that? Sorry. I rocked it that year. Um, so ransom was one of them. And man, I got a lot of people there. I thought he didn't do too bad there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So yeah, on. the wild bunch. That's an interesting choice to remake. It I know is. Jamie Foxx is uh, reportedly interested in it. Hmm. But okay. Jamie Foxx was decent in Django Unchained, so he's I'll give he's him a the decent actor. The doubt for hmm? you doubt him sometimes. 
Do I doubt him sometimes? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He has his moments. Yeah, I understand what you mean. I don't like him in comedies, honestly. My dad and doesn't he either. He threw up as a comedian. I don't like him as a comedian. My dad didn't like him in comedies either. It's kind of yeah. weird. All right. Um, what else news? What else we got? We got Doris Day and Tim Conway. My, my mother's heartbroken over Doris Day. But not Tim Conway. No, she probably is. Dorf Kendra, Kendra was is devastated over Tim Tim Conway. I, um, I watched Doris Day movies with my mother growing up, and then I Wendy, Wendy and I used to watch, um, Private Eyes with Don Knotts and Tim Conway all the time. If you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. Oh my gosh! But you have to buy it, I think. But um, I of course the- he was on. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just I was following. I just remember um, my first introduction to Tim Conway was Dwarf Goes Golfing. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and Kendra was, she has watched so many, uh, well, Carol Burnett is her, is her, here's her lady. And so she was mourning him because she had watched so many Carol Burnett shows and things like that, so. Carol Burnett was just here, wasn't she? Don't say that. Was she really? She here at Buffalo? I think Buffalo. She was. You know, so. it's okay because I sent her, um, I paid for a ticket for her to go see her in Chicago and she talked to her. Oh, sweet. Is that the one she talked to? Yeah, she talked to her. She also, is that right? She also talked to, no, she talked to, she talked to Carol Burnett. Um, Bernadette Peters threw water on her. Through water at Kinder or something. Yeah, that's a story for later. Hmm. I think we've talked about this. Okay. But yeah, so she was sad. Anyway, moving on. Any other news? That's all I got. I don't have any. Okay. About new trailers. We got. We have lots of trailers. Lots of trailers came out. Who wants to go first? So, yeah. A couple of ones I saw. I went to go see the movie this week. A couple new ones. Uh, Midsummer is a interesting horror flick. Um, just watch it. It's hard to describe. <laughs> it's just really weird. Is it? Does it look like it would be scary, or does it look stupid? It's just is weird. it gore? No, it does have gore towards the end of the trailer. So I don't know where they're going with it. It's just weird. Okay, there's a lot of horror movies coming out soon. So Um, another one, Crawl, which is basically they're stuck in you got a flood or a hurricane coming and big alligators (laughs) like coming through. But it actually looked good. Who's in it? Anyone? Um, a couple people that I recognize. I just by name right now is floating. Okay, past. Um, Westworld season three finally got a, a trailer. And it's no longer in the land of cowboys. Um, Aaron Paul joins the I like Aaron the Paul. cast, um, and it's like set in like the outside world from okay. the park. So it's really kind of interesting looking, it, like Aaron Paul being a bad person in he can be in the futuristic type place. Looks like we um, did. We all see the Maleficent. Mistress of Evil trailer. I saw it. Definitely yeah. got a pass on it. Um, Michelle, wants to see you. Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, we've got 
I don't know. I didn't think the trailer showed much about what the hell's going on. That's I mean, a good thing, I guess. Angelina Jolie comes back and is pissed at people, all of them again, and wants. And she got one hell of an outfit at one point. Did you see it? The wings. Well, no. the one that was shoe scantily. Oh. Um. I kind of blinked out during it. Well, for a woman who had me, I noticed she looked pretty damn good. So, I i mean, because we shared that, I was just like, damn. Okay, so um, I also watched the Bat, uh, the Bat Woman thing. Yeah, the Batwoman one I'm kind of excited for. Um, I really like the, the CW shows on, or the superhero shows on CW. And the fact that they've decided to actually go in, all in and actually bring um, back Kate Kane character with you know played by Ruby Rose um, as the Batwoman, and it was actually a little nice little dark feel to it. So it's closer to the feel of like the Green Arrow, right. um, and it kind of looks like it's starting to tell the backstory of her first. Um, so if you've been watching anything on the CW universe, she made an appearance, but it would be. In relation to this, it would be a future version of her. Okay. So it'll be coming out, but it's not going to be at the same time period that all the new stuff is in. Makes sense. Um, it's completely different costume and everything and goes back to how she became. And the big villain is Alice in Wonderland. And Alice looks freaking tricky. Really? The, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, who put the mountain? Um, I did. I had a couple friends. Let's hear about this. Um, a couple friends locally. It's a Jeff Goldblum piece, um, really? but this there was a casting call here. I want to say last summer, oh. um, and they recorded a mental hospital or a hospital. Um, a bunch of them were in it, and a couple of them made the trailer too. Cool. So it was just one of those. It, it passed through my feed today and the other day, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I got to remember to put that on there. I like Jeff Goldblum just because I'm a the big chill person i don't know how you cannot like jeff gold oh my gosh i showed kendra i know somebody who the, don't the fly it's confusing it's confusing he is mm-hmm. i like he, him he's kind of become a character of himself he right late, and that's before later in life i think that was a, like most notably sl- slow sidetrack uh in thor ragnarok oh. he, he was definitely jeff goldblum playing jeff Goldblum character it was just really weird Essentially weird, hmm. entertaining. Um, one more superhero one, uh, Watchmen. Finally got a trailer that's coming out on HBO. I'm mm-hmm. really excited for that one. Um, and the trailer looks freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. What's the butt? Is there a butt? Mm-mm. No, look like it. Okay. No, I thought I saw. I thought I saw a new. Am I behind? Is there a new X Men coming out? Um, there is. It, it's the Dark Phoenix. It's the last Fox oh, we talked produced. about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, a couple other trailers. It Chapter 2 got a trailer finally with the adult versions of the kids. Um, oh. oh, you missed that one? I missed that one. I, I missed a lot of these. Yeah. I missed Judy's um, too. It looks good. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, Howard is prominent in that. Okay. Um, and then it's got... Um, Professor X. What's his name? Say again, please. Professor X. Oh, uh, you're talking about, um, the, 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 sorry, James McAvoy. Yeah, James McAvoy, isn't oh. it? Mm-hmm. 
uh, and Judy with Renee Zolger. What is that about? Judy. Garland? Yes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I heard about that. I just haven't seen the trailer for it. Basically like Breakdown Judy. Okay. Okay. So. And it has, it's overlaid with Renee singing Mm. the most classic song. What did you think of the trailer? I just don't see her as Judy Garland at all. Yeah. You got to watch the trailer. Okay. It's one of those. And then also speaking of her, she also has a series on Netflix called What If. That's starting at the end of this month. Starting now. About? About something. It's like a 10 episode series with Renee and somebody else in it. Like what if like sliding doors type of thing? Yeah. Okay. I didn't put too much thought into it. I just happened to notice that she was in something else at the same time as the Judy thing came up. I, speaking of Netflix, <laughs> I noticed there was this, I saw this trailer about always be my, be my, it should be my, yeah, maybe. And it's about a couple, well, it's about two people that come back together that knew each other as kids and she is rich now and he is, um, he comes to, I think he comes as over as like a service guy, like for her, for something that broke. I mean, that's what it looked like to me. Mm-hmm. And they, um, reconnect. Uh, I thought it looked cute. Honestly, I thought I didn't mind that you should take a look at that one. And then, uh, book smart. The first thing on book smart is director. Olivia, Olivia Wilde. Wild. And make a big deal and um and bam bam like all of these great you know headliners like 100 percent on rotten tomatoes and blah, blah, you know because three people have watched it probably it comes out may 24th by the way um always be my maybe that comes out may 31st may 24th is book smart that one looks really funny um and smart yeah it does look smart actually in theaters or no it's on Oh, is it on theaters? You know, I was thinking it was on Netflix, but you're right. I think it's on in theaters. And so is, maybe I'm going way too far in the head, ahead of this, and maybe you don't care, but The Art of Racing in the Rain was such a huge book. And um, Milo, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, I had it earlier today. Vinta McGillia, who is on This Is Us. Sylvester Stallone's son. Ha ha. <laughs> anyway, and Amanda Siegfried. Uh, Siegfried. Siegfried. I always tell her Siegfried. He's Rocky's son. And um, Kevin Costner, uh, who plays the dog. Um, our Racing in the Rain looked, I, I thought it looked good. Did you say it plays the dog? Uh-huh, the voice of the dog. Ah. And... Because, you know, we've got... Is this in the dog's journey, dog's purpose? No, this is from... This this is actually from a popular, extremely popular book. The Art of Racing in the Rain was a huge bestseller. Hmm. And uh, now they've made a movie. August 9th. Sorry, you have to wait a little bit. But those are my trailers. All right. Let's move on into our cue in review. Tony. Well, let's see here. 
I was supposed to watch Lucifer. I have not watched it yet, but it's still on my queue to watch. Um, Beauty and the Beast. I Beauty and the Beast is something I started watching with my wife. It's basically an updated version of the old um, Beauty and the Beast. Um, mm-hmm. Which are we talking about? The Ron, Disney remake. The you know the one with the eighties one with Ron and yeah yeah. Um, same character names Vincent and Cat. Um, this time Cat's a police officer and Vincent is a you know kind of rogue special ops soldier who's hiding for the first couple of seasons and last two seasons he's out in the public eye and that kind of thing. I'm almost caught up. I have a season and a half to finish. Um, I'll talk about that another day. Um, BPM on Hulu is in my queue as well as Snowden and those are both on Hulu as well and a futile and stupid gesture is on uh, Netflix. I'm trying to think here. Which one do I want to talk about with more elaborate here? Um, I think I'll get there. Any questions so far on any of these? No? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> I have a really weird uh, cue. Um, okay. Which yeah. one Which one are you talking about? I think I'm going to talk about uh, Snowden, actually right now because this is Memorial Day weekend and it's not really Memorial Day without talking about our country and what it's done that kind of thing Uh, Snowden is about um, (laughs) where to to pull that in (laughs) where to pull that in I really that was a good one what segue yeah Yeah. good Um, good one so Ed Snowden is a famous guy in America Um, he was a whistleblower who escaped famous or infamous I call him famous I like him. So, um, I would probably go with infamous because he's liked or hated depending on where you stand. Polarizing. So he's saying Correct. famous. Polarizing, yeah. yeah. That would be. Um, in case you don't know, because you've been, you know, hiding away and not watching the news for, you know, almost a decade. Um, as Snowden decided to actually, um, reveal the fact that the United States of America was surveillancing or spying or gathering intel on its citizens by having active, uh, Yes, Valerie? No, go, go. They were basically um, tapping our its citizens. And by doing so, they a spider web of epicness reached out like spider web tentacles and webs and you just reached different people. And basically, we're not, you know, we're just being monitored. That's a simple way to put it. Yeah. This, this ties into the weekend where I was trying to show um, Jason's grandmother little things that you could do with Amazon Echo. And I was trying to get her <laughs> and Kendra was at home. And so I was like doing a drop in. So I did drop in and I said, oh, I'll play, I'll play a song at home. She, I didn't know she was on with her parents doing FaceTime. Then I dropped in, um, not weird. Crazy. Sorry, it's crazy. Somebody just dropped into the studio it, and is it, listening on Valerie's they did. phone. That's weird. So and they, I dropped in and uh, scared could people. hear her. Oh my gosh! And I like hello, hello, and she totally freaked out. And uh, yeah, she completely was scared to death. She had no idea I could do that. The one thing that I did notice is that I dropped in. She didn't know, and I could hear her, but I couldn't hear what she was saying. But you can drop in and listen to people. On your echo, yeah, I'm wondering creepy. if you. <laughs> I'm. I think Jason's like Valerie. That's you probably to, a bug. Google is totally listening to us anyway. Yeah, they actually are, and so is Facebook. But that's a different story altogether. So moving on, Snowden is starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Reese Ifans, and we have a cameo kind of by Nick Cage, and 
Yeah. It's kind of weird because <laughs> you kind of know what Edward was all about, but then you see this Oliver Stone written and directed piece and you get the gaps filled in. Also, Zach Quintel was in this as well. And as well, Tom Wilkinson. Sorry, backwards, forward, going forward now. Um, the film is very interesting because, again, it, Edward is pro-Republican, all-conservative, very pro-America, rah, rah, rah. And they kind of discuss you don't have to be loving your country completely 100% and loving and buck-kissing your politicians to be patriotic. There are different ways to be patriotic. They kind of hammer that home in the first 10 minutes of the film. But, um, yeah, so Ed gets close from being excited about his country to losing faith in it and then seeing how America maintains its supremacy and how it keeps its top level, not supremacy, level, keeps us on the par with everyone else, the things we go to. And I guess the most riveting part for me was that, you know, and it struck me hard, was that he's on a mission in Europe and he's supposed to be getting this guy to help him out and this guy's not willing doing it and they want to get more intel on him. So he finds out that this guy's daughter's, is his granddaughter basically is, dating another guy who's like 19 and she's 15 and he's with someone else and the result of it long story short spoiler alert this film came out a couple years ago so i can tell you his granddaughter basically overdoses on pills because she finds out her boyfriend is with someone else and not who he says he is so the windfall that affects him at a big deal it kind of affected me too um so yeah happy memorial day it's not really a memorial day film but america's been in a lot of wars and our new war is not just on battlefields. It's on our computer screens, and it's just not... I mean, recent election, hacking, and all that stuff, so I thought it was fitting to Getting watch. Deep. Yeah, it's probably fitting. Now, that was the one that's got the cameo of him at the end, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, I did watch that one. So, just so you know, I read the books The Snowden Files by Luke Harding and Time of the Octopus by Antoli Kucherina, and that's what the movie's based on. So, if you want to have a book review, I can do that too, but <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. So I would actually recommend the film if you... My wife doesn't really like thrillers or these kind of sci-fi IT kind of films, but she said this was very riveting because she has a crush on, you know, Joseph since Batman and, you know, Third Rock from the Sun, which I just realized the other day because I'm kind of eh, that the Third Rock from the Sun is Earth and yeah, boom, but mind, really? blown, mind blown. It took me a while. <laughs> it took me wow. a while. I was watching it. A couple it. years. Yeah, I was Spoiler. watching it. Like, yeah. So, um, yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, I had a bunch of stuff in my queue um, and I didn't make it through all of them just because most of them are um, series. So uh, a couple of ones I had was Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, uh, Bosch Season 5, Sneaky Pete, uh, John Wick 3, and Catch-22, and Sabrina 2. Um, I must say, though, like from what I've seen of Catch-22, I like it so far. Um, it is definitely not a comedy it's not <laughs> they advertise it as a comedy oh. it's not a comedy it has it has comedic moments in it but it's not i was gonna watch that with grace the other day and she said it doesn't look funny i'm like are you sure but so we watched you it, know the trailer is definitely geared towards making it look like it's comedy the first episode and it's not something to watch with kids <laughs> so misleading good thing we didn't watch it we very, were gonna watch it very very misleading um, but the one I want to talk about is, of course, John Wick 3. Surprise, surprise. Gracious movie. Um, I've enjoyed both the previous two introductions of uh, John Wick um, as we've dealt with him trying to avenge his wife um, after being five years. Let me backtrack here. Um, John Wick's basically the super assassin that's uh, a, for hire. 
and he gets out of being an assassin in the first movie and then gets roped back into it after they kill his, his wife. In the second one, they kill his dog <laughs> and he goes on a rampage um, getting revenge. Um, and so that's where we're left at the cliffhanger from the last one was he's now got an excommunicado, which it means he's like completely excommunicated from the assassin's world. And he has an hour to get himself Hmm. And then what happens at the start of this is a 14 million bounty gets placed on his head. And so every assassin um, in the world is targeting him. Um, It stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Halle Berry, Ian McShane, Mark Descascos, Asia Kate Dillon. Asia Kate is from Showtime's Billions. Hmm. Fantastic on that. I was glad to see her um, in this and she plays the adjudicator in this and she's pretty cool. Um, Angelica Houston in a bit part Tobias Siegel and Lance Reddick revising his role um, it's an interesting movie um, the guy who's the director I guess I didn't really look into who this person was before um, he's a stunt guy hmm. he came into Hollywood as a stunt guy he's got like 74 different movies to his credit um, but his directing credits are John Wick John Wick 2 <laughs> John Wick 3 um, and his prowess as a stunt guru comes through in, in all of these movies. They have some of the best fighting action scenes I've ever seen. Mm. Um, John Wick three is kind of over the top in a couple of them. Um, the story, it's a very basic story. You're not going to see John Wick three because of the story. Right. He has motivation. He follows that motivation. He has a choice at the end. He makes a choice. We have an outcome. Mixed in with that is a lot of fighting. And um, there were some audible, oh, man, whoa. And, like, the lady next to me was just really getting into it. And, like, you know, when you see an axe go into somebody's head, they don't just, like, show it from far. They show it close up. Hmm. Um, And then there's the scene with, like, Halle Berry and um, Hal Berry. Um, and she has two German shepherds and the, it, the scene seems like it goes on for like 15 minutes, um, of the German shepherds and them just tandem fighting all these people in the desert market square. And it's just crazy. Um, but one of the best scenes, uh, fighting wise is everything towards the end when they, uh, they have this, basically this glass, uh, room enclosure and it's basically Ian McShane's not so much a safe room. He, he makes alludes to it by saying you can even see under the table. So you, if you have somebody come confronting you, you know what they're holding underneath the table. Hmm. And so you can see everything in the glass, but if you turn on a certain light, it changes the way the glass looks like. So you might be standing in front of glass and not know it. Um, but one of the best fight scenes happen in here is that he goes basically like level by level fighting different guys to get to the last guy. And, uh, the last guy is, is played by, um, Mark Descascos who plays a very funny villain. He's very serious. that turns into a funny villain. Um, but you like fighting movies, you like popcorn flicks. This is kind of kicking off the season here. Okay. Uh, John wick three, um, kind of getting in before the rest of them get in. Um, I recommend it if you like, you've liked the fighting, you like 
John, if you like John Wick and John Wick Two, and you're still in it, go and see it. Um, if you have no idea what the other two are, don't see it because you're probably not going to enjoy it. If you like watching good stunt work, go and see it. Okay, that's where I stand on that. I probably will see it because oh, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. So the director was Chad's. Uh, I can't. I'm going to screw his name. Chad Stileski. Okay. The music was by Tyler Bates. Um, I said the good, the bad, the ugly. The good was the fighting. The bad was the story. And the ugly, Keanu running. Keanu doesn't look good running. <laughs> There's a scene <laughs> with him running into the hotel, or as the hotel or the Grand Central Station. He just looks. Awkward, you know, and this happens so much when I see like different actors and actresses run, where they're supposed to be like these like super fit assassins or runners or athletes, and then they film them running. Tom Cruise can run. They just don't look right. I think Tom Cruise can run. Yeah, but it's he's a lone exception. Practiced. I mean, there there are some people that just they don't look right running, and Keanu just has this weird upper body motion that. He's, makes the rest of him look weird. He's got a long torso. <laughs> it's just, it reminds me of Bill and Ted running. <laughs> it's just this weird look to it. Is, but I know he elbow? runs and that's what's just, it's just awkward to me. But it, I've seen it in other stuff too. It's like, you know, you have, I think um, the who played Black Widow, um, Scarlett Johansson is, is a good example of somebody who, looks kind of awkward in her action scenes whenever she's running. I don't know, just the way they film, the angles that they film at, but Keanu, Keanu's my ugly out of that movie. Mm-hmm. Keanu's actually that, um, just call me maybe. Oh no. He's actually mm-hmm. makes a cameo in there as a new boyfriend or a get back at your boyfriend. I don't know. He always is like, he's a good dude. I like him. So what you got for us? Well, big surprise. I did not make it to anything in my queue. Mm. Um, Extremely Wicked, a movie. Could have watched that. Didn't. Um, I apologize. But the thing I did get to see, um, Dead to Me, um, with Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini, who I knew from ER. I mean, I know like that. I mean, she's done other things, I'm sure, but she's ER to me. And Christiana Applegate, I mean. Don't tell mommy the babysitter's dead. N- no, she was. That's for me. She was uh, Wesser Bucket and. Um, Married with children. Married yep. with children. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. Yeah. I never didn't, really, I, I didn't like her for a long time. And now I like her a lot. Anyway, this one uh, hit Netflix May 3rd. And it's side note on that married with children. Uh-huh. How awesome have been everybody that's been on that show outside of that show? Mine is well no, I can't say that he was good in Wayne's World. I don't don't know about the boy, but all the yeah. Katie Seagal, the husband and Christina Gaplegate have all had great careers as character actors in numerous stuff. Even though I couldn't stand that show. I just watched it for But I was also very little. Um, getting back to dead to me. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So I like uh, Christina Applegate. We sidetrack here. <laughs> plays Jen. 
She is widow. Okay, this is a comedy. This is a dramedy. This is a dramedy. Um, but Jen, Christine Alphagate's character, she is a she is a widow with an extremely dark sense of humor. She is one of those people that she is hurting a lot. Like she shows her hurting when she's alone, but when she's around other people, she is she can zap it to them and she says the most outrageous things that are funny, but like one liners like or other like... people wouldn't no, she kind of blows up at people. Oh, that or she'll say things that Wait. are just bizarre. Um, and her husband passes away. I'm going to just throw that. I, I, it just is so new. I don't really want to get it's a in the trailer. You got you see you get hit by a car. In the trailer. Okay, hit by yeah, hit by a car. Okay, so she goes to a grief counseling group. I'm not sure why because um, very helpful. Um, because she, she just kind of makes fun of these people, but she sits there and listens to them and she meets Judy, um, who lost her husband, no, her fiance, I'm sorry. And Judy is optimistic and she's, you know, cute and funny and whatever. You don't think they're going to be friends, but they become friends. And as their friendship deepens, um, Judy desperately tries to shield Jen from a shocking secret that could destroy her life as she knows it. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, listen, people, okay, it's, I think it's eight episodes. It's 30 minutes an episode. You can zoom through Holy it. Holy cow, that's shorter than Avengers. I know, it's amazing. <laughs> you can, and um, Ed, Ed Asner in it is in it, and he is just a doll. He is wonderful in this show. He's coming to town twice, by the way. Okay. Continue, though. Sorry. Um, but he's fantastic in the show. So I, I really like it. It's very fast-paced. It's very smart. Uh, I like the um, the writing. And Christina Applegate, she's in it for... She's, she's trying to get a nomination here. I mean, she's really, really good in the show. Is so, she or she's just in the right role? I thought you were going for crocodile tears here. No, I'm just thinking, just doing this for no apparent reason. I have my fingers on my, like I'm rubbing my temples, but they're not. Temples? They're, I don't know why I'm doing this. She's just the, the latest example of I'm, people taking really good roles and uh, she looks embracing them. You know, honestly, she's aged well. I like her age like I like maybe I don't know I like the way her face looks I like the way the fact that she's aged and she's not um I couldn't take her seriously when she was young I don't know why but she um her, she can she shows so much character in her face like so much emotion so much I really enjoy her so that is on Netflix awesome all right Let's reach in to our grab bag. What's new? What do we got here? New in theaters this week, last week, Detective Pikachu opened. John uh, Wick 3 opened. Mm-hmm. We got... I heard Pikachu was good. I heard it was Cute. really good. I've been trying to go twice, but I just, I've been working on doing stuff and <laughs> I haven't had a chance. And I had a choice between seeing... 
Pikachu or John Wick 3, and I decided to go with John Wick 3. Good choice. But from what I was hearing, either one is a good choice right now. Pikachu is supposedly pretty good. Aladdin. Aladdin. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I keep watching trailers. I'm like, do I want to see this? Do I want to take Marnie to see it? I mean, yeah. Oh, dogs. Even if it's a train wreck, I think I'm still going to see it. Yeah. Just to see. Should I show the cartoon first or the movie first? My Definitely bad. the cartoon. Okay. What? Aladdin. Eh. Whatever. Lion King 2. I mean. Whatever. On the cartoon? <laughs> the only good thing is the genie. Oh, wow. In the cartoon? Cartoon, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really, I wasn't really a huge fan. Mm. Um, and we have Bright Burn that's coming out. That looks good. James Gunn's flick about Superman being evil. They it have, can happen so easily. There's not a ton. That's what's Yet. the problem right now. Ugly dolls. I just didn't know if I want to take well, my kids to it. I, what you define as a ton and I define as a ton is like I haven't had a ton in the like last three months and now I have... That's four already, and then we still have Godzilla and Rocketman okay. coming I'm out. I'm so excited about Godzilla and Rocketman. <laughs> I know that. I'm looking good. at like, okay, how am I going to get six films in? Okay, fine, fine, fine. <laughs> okay, so plus I was, whatever's on streaming. I was looking in the last week. I it was in the last two weeks. I was having a hard time trying to find something to watch. It's because nobody wanted to be out against Avengers. And guess what? So Avengers kind of cleared the plate for a couple. Oh weeks. God, Toy Story four. We're not talking about that. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm kidding. Okay. You can talk about it. I'm not. Um, oh, I saw Shaft. The I saw the um, trailer for that, which we, we yeah, I we, finally, but didn't they put out a new one? I don't they know. might have. I saw that one. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, you're right. Secret Lights Pets. Secret Like Pets. Ron, as we're talking like about. Two weeks, right? I think June. Did you guys think the first one was funny? Hmm. No, no, no. It has not, its not, it, moments. God, <laughs> awful. It's awful, but it has its moments. You know there what? are some funny things that are in there. It's because, it came out around the same time. Zootopia? Yeah, which was insanely smart. Well, yeah. And then you had Secret Life Pets. Zoe was, uh, let's see here. Nine. So like she was seven when that movie came out, and she looked at me, and she said, because we were, we were seeing it to see if maybe Harper should see it. She said, I, I don't think that Harper should see this. I said, why? She's like, I don't know. I'm bored. Are you? <laughs> I said, I am kind of bored. Should we finish it out? She's like, well, we had nothing else to do. We can finish it out, but I'm bored. So, yeah. Shame. These things come to that. I know. But, yeah, so, like, that kind of gets us to the next show. Mm. And then after that, I think we end up with, like, four movies a week. For most of summer, <laughs> <laughs> of like something to see of my of the stuff I like to like binge on and chill out and watch type things. Right. Mm. I'm trying to figure out when I'm going to be able to see. I could if these movies. It's just hard because they're in the evenings, or they start late. Some start in the afternoon. Some start, but the but the afternoons are very short for me too. Mm. Um, so the summertime will be a lot easier for me to see movies. Yeah, summertime is just right around the corner. What, a couple of weeks? Uh, June 24th. Month from-ish. I, 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 yeah. So yeah, but that's, our grad bag is. So that, that's some of the stuff that's new in the theaters. What what do we got in the streaming? 
Well, I saw Wine Country, which is supposed to be the Avengers of Comedy Giants with Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, Paula Pell, Mia oh, Rando. They saw it on Netflix. What did you think? I haven't seen it yet. It's semi- oh, I thought you said... <laughs> it's new. I thought you said, I saw Wine Country. It keeps spl- splashing in my face. It gives, hey, watch me on no, I, Netflix. I, um, I <laughs> a wine keeps splashing on your yeah. face. So uh, uh, my friend Rex says, this is like sideways with, with, with women, many women. So I'll be watching that with him through Skype and making comments and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, but the, you like listed off the names and I'm thinking it was a comedy special and then like you just said that. I'm like, oh, it's actually a movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's sideways. I, think I would have enjoyed it as a comedy special. Right. It's sideways with five women who get drunk and talk and, yeah, gossip and cry. And it's a good time, I assume. It's the Avengers of Comedy Giants, I've been told. So um, we'll see. Knock Down the House looks kind of interesting. Describe. Um, it's from the Sundance Film Festival. It's a woman trying to fight the system. Basically, it's, you know. The system again. Yeah, it's a great one to to watch over Memorial Day weekend. Um, it's oh, a woman Valerie. going against so many things in the government, and um, we follow her story. Like what? <laughs> what is she fighting against? Um, you have to watch and see. You don't watch you can't it. And tell see it. One topic. Watch like, it and see it. And the rain, which looks ridiculous. Anyone think the rain looks ridiculous? I didn't even see anything yeah. for it. The rain is basically, I don't know, acid rain coming real. I don't know. It is um, real. Why does it become real? Like, I mean, getting real, real. Like, acid. It was real like 10 years ago. Bill and I told me it was real. So, um, so yeah. I thought that one, it's supposed to be kind of like a horror flick thing. Okay. And, um, yeah. So that's about it. I see. In TV world, um, most of TV is going into summer hibernation, which means that I can finally catch up on everything that's been sitting on my DVR. So I've last through like all the CW shows, the Gotham show. How much space do you have on your DVR? I'm curious. Oh, it's a terabyte. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's not a lot of extra space. Lot of oh, yeah. And Correctly. wonderful. Uh, got any new games or books or music? Well, I mentioned earlier that the Snowden Files is available to buy. So the Snowden Files by Luke Harding has a revision that just came out because Snowden is trying to keep his presidency in Russia. So they did some updating on that. And his lawyer, Antoli Kudrana, has updated Time of the Octopus as well. So those both books have revisions. They're on Audible, but I don't read. I don't listen. I read them. So, um, yeah. If you want a long, thick read on an airplane or a train... Nothing else to do. By all means, read them. Or if you're me who likes to read, read them anytime. So that's the Snowden Files and Time of the Octopus. Kids Corner. I don't know why I have this, but I, everyone has kids here, but I guess I uh, took the lead on it early on. However, uh, last week... You have I did Kids b- Corner because you said you had kids and you needed to give them something to watch. The thing is, is that I, um, the last two weeks... I have not seen a whole lot of things to watch, honestly. And if somebody has something, please put it on our web, on the page, um, Facebook page, because I my kids haven't really been finding anything. Um, however, uh, last week was about a book, and this one is about a series of books, but we're going to tie into a movie, don't worry. Um, it's The Land of Stories that was written by uh, Chris Colfer, who you might know as... Um, he was on Glee. He played Kurt on Glee. And he had a movie 
that he uh, struck by lightning, which was a book first, and then he made a movie. So he started writing these books. This, this is crazy. He started writing these books um, when he was young. There are six in all. My daughter, who read most of Harry Potter, except for the last half of the seventh. She's not quite ready for that. And she loves Harry Potter. Said, reading these books, they were more, she liked them better than Harry Potter. But that could just be because she's reading them right now. These books started uh, being published in 2012, the first book. The last book was in 2017, and the reading levels are probably grades three to five, but it holds interest from grades four to eight. Uh, they're um, a modern fairy tale. And they follow twins, Alex and Connor Bailey, as they fall from the real world into a world of fairy tales um, that they've only read about before. And then they discover that there's more to the world that they have read. I mean, CI, which is kind of cool. Um, Zoe couldn't put them down. She read them basically back to back and now she's rereading them. So uh, the wishing spell is the first book and then it goes down to, they're now listed as two, three, four or five. And then the last one is worlds collide. There have been five companion books to this series that have been published because they're so popular. And so now she is looking for those, um, there's a picture book. Also, the text is by Colfer, Chris Colfer, and then a um, he has another series, the Mother Goose Diaries and the Queen's Red Riding Hood's Guide to Royalty. So he's got a lot of things riding on this because he's made a lot of money here. Not that he didn't before. This kid, this kid is a Golden Globe winner. Um. And three consecutive People's Choice Awards for Best Comedic TV Actor. So now he's an actor and a writer. Pretty annoying to me. Um, I'm just kidding. He is 28 now, I believe. So the film adaptation of the first book, it was announced on June 13th um, of last year. So it is coming out soon. Zoe keeps looking for the trailer. So that should be coming out pretty quickly. Um, and then I'm sure we will have the rest of them. So I'm sure there's going to be six movies and who knows what else this is going to happen. But I really recommend the Land of Stories series. Um, they're flying off the shelves at Barnes & Noble because every time I go over there, they're out a book or whatever. But you can find these at the library too. So... Uh, because they are a little bit older, even though the kids are reading them right now. So that is what I recommend this week. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And moving on. So Valerie, have you read anything fun lately? I listened. Oh, you listened. How did you listen? <laughs> Through Audible. What's my, Audible? My, pen, my friend. Audible is a nice little... Uh, way of listening to books while you are doing whatever you're doing in your life, driving, uh, in my case, uh, painting at 2.30 in the morning. Um, 
And if you're interested, you can go to cultural stew, wait, sorry, audibletrial.com slash cultural stew and get one book and a free month. Anything of interest that you've been listening to lately? You know, um, my friend Courtney started listening to some Pat Conroy books and I had, um, I bought, um, the Prince of Tides early on when it was like on a sale. So I decided to listen to it. The Prince of Tides by Pat Conroy was uh, actually first published in 1986, but then it was released on audiobook in 2009, narrated by Frank Mueller. And it starts out with Pat Conroy talking about the fact that, you know, he kind of talks a little bit about, um, how he wrote the book, why he wrote the book, but a lot of the time he spends talking about the fact that um, he didn't realize how the book could come alive so much and how how Frank Mueller made his book so much better than he ever imagined it to be, which I would agree. Now, it's a long book. It's two, 22 hours and 40 minutes. I did finish it because I couldn't stop listening. Um, the Prince of Tides was a movie that came out in 1991 with Barbara Streisand and Nick Nolte. That skims the surface, skims the surface of this amazing novel that he wrote. Um, he's uh, he's lyrical. I mean, his his words are beautiful. The He, he speaks of... Um, speaks he writes sorry he writes about a family and it spans 40 years uh, our main character i suppose it would be tom wingo who is um a sibling to to uh savannah his sister and to luke his older brother Savannah, he comes to New York City because Savannah has attempted suicide. And he comes to to take care of her and see what he can do. And um, her therapist, which is interesting, in the book, he says Lowenstein. In the movie, it's Lowenstein. Uh, Lowenstein seemed to be a lot easier for me to, <laughs> to do, but Lowenstein I get used to. Um, played by Barbara Streisand and the movie sort of focuses on their relationship and it brings a little bit of Savannah in a bit and then, it, and then of course it has this really you know the big scene that we deal with that really triggered him but this movie is so far more than that scene of of men showing up in the movie. They don't even know. Just men show up at their house and basically ravage everybody uh, except Luke, the older brother, who shoots them, which is not exactly what happens in the book. But um, the family went through so much and their childhood from being horribly abused and it talks about stories about their love of South Carolina, which has such detail 
and it went into the smells and the tastes and the look, the sunsets on the water. Um, he describes his love for his siblings and his mother in such a, an amazing way because his mother put him through hell. Uh, their father put them through hell, and yet his ability to forgive is amazing. Um, the book goes back and really fills in so many gaps of life, things that never showed up at all. In the movie, he just keeps saying, do you ever think about Luke, the older brother? You know, now we understand why he kept saying that, because there's such a huge story about Luke and how he dies, which I'm not really giving anything away because they t- they say he's dead and how he dies. And um, I loved the fact that he gives so much time to his characters. We learn so much about them. We care about them. Um, but Barbara Streisand's character is very different in the movie. She's stronger, and in the book, Conrad kind of weakened her at the end, which I didn't really enjoy, and I'm sure that Streisand didn't, wasn't about that either. <laughs> her real-life son, actually, um, Jason Gould, is in it that, um, from her previous husband, uh, Elliot Gould. He does a pretty good job. I feel like it could have been a mini- miniseries if they were going to do anything with it, but it's a bad family saga, the hurts, the terrifying things that can happen to a family, the victories they have, the love, and the most importantly, I think it, it shows that children that can come out of such a horrible childhood to become incredible people and just how powerful the love of siblings can be. So I, I recommend The Prince of Tides. I know it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot, the 22 hours and 40 minutes, but it's definitely worth it. And where can you find this again? On audibletrial.com slash cultural stew. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn over to Anthony, and he's going to have a chance to share with us something from the foreign films. So I think everyone knows I like to watch foreign films more than I watching uh, you know English films or American films, because I think Americans still have a lot of work to do when it comes to writing a decent piece um, we do good with action, but not so much with heart sometimes. But um, I'm going to talk about Beats Per Minute, or which is a French film, which is uh, also known as 120 BPM, or Beats Per Minute, or 120 Betterments Per Minute, which is want to be French about it. It came out in 2017, and it's been coming stateside slowly, and it had its world premiere at the 2017 Cannes Film Festival. Um it's won the Grand Prix and six Cesars and that included Best Film and other honors. So let's get to it. Um, Bees Per Minute it tells the story of, you know, the um, fight to get more attention about the AIDS epidemic happening. A lot of people know that America took a while to recognize and take note of the epidemic in the 80s of AIDS. Meanwhile, across the pond down in France, there were a lot of fights and, you know, it just... In the early 90s, the French were trying to get cures, trying to get, you know, more attention. And that's before America started taking their stand, too. So BPM is about some French citizens, French men, gay men, who band together into a group, much like Ned Weeks did in The Normal Heart, you know, 
to spread awareness about HIV and AIDS and get funding, get the government on board with it. And unlike the Americans, the French were doing something, but they were doing it at a slower pace. So they started protesting more, getting louder, a little bit of violence doesn't hurt anything, I think. Not like toward people, but, you know, to buildings and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, the first half of the film is, is them actually doing things, like making awareness, making noise. If you saw Rent, it's that whole act up fight AIDS. So that was going on in France and Paris specifically. The second half of the film details more about the personal lives of the members of the group. So, you know, them falling in love with each other, them breaking up, them finding partners to be with them during their struggles and their, you know, slow decline into the, you know, AIDS disease in itself. Um, so as a whole, I like French films. I think there's heart there and this film had a lot of heart to it. And again, the first half has a lot of action, a lot of speed, a lot of urgency. And the second half just slowly brings us to who these people, who these men really are, who they were. Um, and I enjoyed it a lot. So if you don't mind subtitles and you want to see something that, talks about what happened on our other side, our counterparts. There's actually a, a thing that happened too where a lot of people said, oh, well, the French did it, so it must be right. But that's sarcasm because a lot of people didn't. Like the French had a, you know, AZT and the Americans didn't have it yet, but they didn't want to get asked for help. So they kind of ignored what the French were doing. They ignored the French research and they wanted to do their own research, which kind of slowed our progress down and our ability to help our citizens. Has things, have things gotten better? I don't know. I haven't looked into medicine and that whole bureaucracy lately, but I guess as a whole, I like seeing things from a different lens. Like if you watch Dunkirk, sorry, it's kind of a weird thing to say, but Dunkirk shows the war, that moment from different perspectives. This is across the pond in France and their perspective with working with the Brits and finding a cure for AIDS or at least helping keep it at a stay where they can at least maintain it until they can find something else. You can watch this on Hulu, actually. This is on Hulu. Um, still there. I think it'll be there until late spring, early summer, I was told. But it's still good. Um, and they have recommendations for other things, too. I think Normal Heart will be appearing on Hulu as well at some point. But I'd say if you enjoy French films, you enjoy just history, watch it. All right. We're going to jump into our very short superhero back alley. So, one of the big pieces of news, Robert Pattinson as Batman. I wrote about this on the Facebook page, actually. I, I gave, you know, Val a chance. He let me down. I gave George a chance. He let me down. Now, Christian, the first Batman Begins was decent for me. I enjoyed it. Then he got the voice, and I'm like, it was kind of distracting, so I kind of ignore it to enjoy the story. And then we have Michael Keaton, who's still my ultimate Batman. He has the whole, I think, mysteriousness seriousness but then a little dark comedy in there like batman returns he had a little light humor in there a little bit batman the original one not so much but he still carried both sides like how chris reeve carried clark and superman i think michael played both convincingly i, I mean i've not seen anyone balance them both but robert patterson's gonna be playing a batman who's more detective than you know i'm batman that kind of thing which he has i think penguin and catwoman are his villains in the rogue gallery this time. So mm -hmm. not sure. It could be good. I mean, I had to give him a bit of a doubt. I gave George a chance. So why not give Robert a chance? And they've been vetting him for a while. I heard. So it'll be interesting to see. Are you scared? 
Um, I don't know what I am. You know, Matt Reeves is still attached to the film, and it's his choice. Um, so, okay, yeah, I'm more excited to see Joker at this point right now. That looks good. I keep watching the trailer over and over again, and each time, like, Joaquin could pull this off. He could do it, and it's not I, a part I, of Canis. Yeah, I separate. don't think it's a, a stretch. I, I mean, they've already. I just saw the trailer again at John Wick three, and I thought it was good. Um, Endgame is completely tearing it up. Um, just moved in domestically to second place okay. behind Star Wars Force Awakens and right. toppled Avatar, <laughs> but internationally is still behind Avatar. Hmm. But, yeah. I don't know. It's getting there. It's still good. I mean, I saw it. You know, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad? Avatar. Oh. <laughs> Avatar. I'm talking about Endgame. Oh. All right. Yeah, so uh, anything else in the back alley? That's all I got right now. I was going to talk about Batman a lot more, but I think I said what I had to say. That I'm just going to have to hold my breath and see what Robert does. I don't want to pass judgment. I haven't seen any clips either or pictures. So, All right. Let's uh, get out of the back alley before the rats get us. All right. And today we're also introducing a new segment, and this one is exclusively for Valerie. Probably because I've been hounding you. No. It's because you haven't gotten the mic to record it on your own. <laughs> I do have the mic. I just haven't recorded on my own. I will. So what we've put in her plate is reaching into the vault and pulling out a classic film for her to uh, tear apart, enjoy. Discuss. Discuss. Maybe um, maybe you haven't watched it or maybe you haven't watched it for years. Maybe you haven't even heard of it. But uh, I happen to be an Alfred Hitchcock fan. I had I saw this movie... Years and years ago, Strangers on the Train, 1951. Um, I think this is the one that is also rated as Alfred Hitchcock's best movie, I think. Is it really? I I didn't even look at that part. Um, I think they've said that it's his most complete movie. Now, that is uh, interesting because I guess I have things to say about that. So... We have two the we have two strangers. <laughs> uh, Guy Haynes, played by Farley Granger, who um, in nineteen forty eight he played in uh, Rope, which uh, is a I really enjoyed Rope, which is another Alfred Hitchcock movie, um, and he meets Bruno. Uh, who is played by Robert Walker. Creepy. They strike up a conversation. Well, actually, Bruno strikes up the conversation. And um, Guy Haynes is is, is a famous tennis player, so he knows who he is. And he... I will say that Guy Haynes kind of came across a little bit weak-willed. He was a little boring. He was pretty. That's about it. Um, Bruno notices the lighter that he's uh, using and the engraving says A to G. And so he starts talking to him about it. He's like, oh, you know, the A probably starts, uh, it's for about Ann Morton, who is the daughter of a senator. And the G is you, Guy Haynes. That's what I'm guessing. And the guy kind of looks at him. 
uh, Guy <laughs> looks at him. I feel like he's named Guy for a reason. I, I, maybe not, but I just feel like he's so plain that it's just, there's, I mean, Guy. Um, so he's having an affair with the son of his daughter because he is actually married to Miriam, who is publicly out um, with other men. And it's very well known. So knowing this, Bruno says, you know, I think, it. you know, you have this kind of person in your way here. Your wife is in the way and he doesn't get along with his father, etc. And uh, probably wants his money. So he said, wouldn't it be interesting if we just swapped, you know, if we killed each other, you know, like kind of got rid of the other person's uh, block on their happiness. And since we don't have anything to do with each other, no one would really know it was us because they wouldn't link us. I I don't even know this person. So um, he talks about it and Guy Haynes, he's, he doesn't go for it. He thinks it's pretty, he, he thinks it's pretty weird and strange. So he like gets up and tries to go get away from him. Um, unfortunately, Bruno kind of follows him and, and moves into his life and starts following Miriam, the wife, and follows her uh, with all these men and they go to a carnival she has glasses. This is important um, because he ends up killing her. And one of the things in the film school that you that we studied was that at the moment of the death, her glasses fall off, and Hitchcock focuses the the camera on her glasses and you see the entire thing. He chokes her to death. Um, he strangles her actually. There's a reason I have to use that word. Uh, and you see the whole thing in her glasses, which is really interesting. And then he picks them up to kind of prove to guy that he's done it. So he brings guy the glasses and guy flips out He's going to go call the cops and he's, you know, he convinces him that, you know, you're going to get in trouble too. This is, you know, both of us. And of course, Guy, not thinking, he falls for it. Guy just seems very wishy-washy um, about what he wants to do with his life. You know, he's married to this woman. She's playing around on him. He is having an affair with Senator's daughter who... You know, he's close to, they kiss, but still it's not, you know, anything hot or anything. Um, so the movie goes on. Bruno keeps showing up and the, the women in this, in this film, which I appreciate are there. These are not dumb broads here. We have, um, Anne figures this out. She starts figuring this out, figuring out who Bruno is. And her sister um, is actually played 
by Hitchcock's only child, Patricia. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And they find out what's going on. So in the final scene, um, they have been waiting. Um, well, they go back to the carnival and they have this crazy, they're on a ride and um, somehow the carousel motor gets jacked up and it spins really fast and ends up dismounting and mortally wounding Bruno. Too bad, so sorry. Um, but he used little miniatures to make this scene. Um, but the final scene, which is really funny, I find this very funny, but the final scene uh, has Barbara and Anne Morton, which is the woman that Gray is seeing, waiting to talk to Guy on the phone because he's going to call them and let them know what happened. And Hitchcock wants the phone to be in the foreground to dominate the shot and to emphasize the importance of the call that he has limited depth of field. I guess he didn't get that from Orson Welles, didn't get that lens from him, I guess. Um, because he didn't have a contemporary lens. And he's so frustrated that he had them make an oversized phone. There's a, so he had a huge phone made so it would look like they're focusing on the phone. And then the women in the background, which cracked me up. And then they have a close up of Anne when the phone rings and he swaps it out with the real phone and she puts it up to her ear. I just found that to be really funny. You find these stupid things out in film school. But um, the movie, yeah, I mean, it did well. It actually won some awards um, and was known. I mean, if you're saying that you felt like it was known as one of his top films, I I guess I didn't look at that in particular, but it got um, a lot of press in a weird way. So Hitchcock's always doing strange things to promote his films. So uh, he had lots of shots of him strangling women. And then the movie Strangers on a Plane, you have Hitchcock putting an L right there so it looks like Stranglers on a plane, on, on a train, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, the last story I'll tell you about this movie, first off, in 2015 it was announced that David Fincher was, and uh, is it Gillian Flynn? Or Gillian, I always get them messed up. They're working on a remake. It's probably just going to be called Strangers, which is a modern take of the story. Um, and if you're wondering, Alfred Hitchcock does have a cameo appearance, and it's around 11 minutes. I'll just say that. Uh, the last story I'll share with you is the fact that Hitchcock and his daughter Patricia were both scared of heights, and she has to get onto a Ferris wheel. So in order for her to do that, he tells her he's going to give her $100 to do it. 
So he has her get on there. She gets on top and he cuts it. He cuts the power so that she's dangling on the top of this Ferris wheel. Uh, the press made it into this huge thing where she was there for hours. She said um, that that wasn't true. That first of all, she wasn't there. She wasn't alone. And they were only up there for two or three minutes. She said, my father wasn't ever sadistic. The only sadistic part was that I never got the $100. Which I thought was very funny. So strangers on a, on a train... I felt it was, I didn't understand the point of it. I didn't understand. I mean, I felt like, yeah, I didn't understand. The guy was just evil and he's trying to get into their lives. And, you know, I I didn't really um, connect with it for some reason. Maybe it was just today. But um, not like I did rope which was in 1948, which has the same, same guy. <laughs> Sorry, Farley Granger. So check it out. Um, I know it's on TMC and you can look and see if it, I know it was on Netflix too for a little while and it may still be there. Uh, but I think it's going to be pretty easy to find at your local library as well since it's so old. So check out Strangers on a Plane by Hitchcock. Alfred, of course. Okay, and now we're going to turn into our recommendations, not from our queue, or they could be from our queue. They're just extra recommendations. Uh, this is not a recommendation, but I think we all should know about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> okay. That um, is one heck of a way to... Sorry, Wilford. I'm, I apologize. Well, uh, as I, I've said from the beginning... There are things that we can recommend, and there are things that we can recommend that you stay away from. That's fine. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Do if not something waste is your time. so bad, don't waste your time on it because we already have. <laughs> right. Okay. How do I start and, this? And two of us have put a combined two hours and 45 minutes into it. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I'm all about comedy. I'm not a funny guy, I don't tell jokes like that. I write jokes. And I, you write jokes, I but do. you don't tell them? I don't tell them. So I'm funny, but I don't mean to be funny. How so, can you be funny and write jokes? I don't like telling jokes. I like just writing them and letting people pay me to use them. Um, so um, You're just, you're saying you, can, you don't deliver well. Yes. Ah. Unless I'm out of my mind. Never. Sleepy. I would never have guessed that. Yeah. It's a thing. My parents tell me all the time. It's, it's kind of the English humor type thing. A lot of it comes out dry and falls flat. Yeah, Jason says that at me all the time. So we have so much in common. So um, here's the thing, guys. We have... <laughs> still haven't said what you're I'm sorry. I, I really don't want to get on people's bad side here. Um, so the Harvard Lampoon has been a thing I've been researching and looking into for years because I've been writing a film about Conan O'Brien. Yeah, and uh, this film took so many uh, chances and it had so many open alleys and they were allowed to go places that I probably never would never be allowed to go. But moving on. So I saw a... F- Futile and Stupid Gesture. It was directed by David Wayne, written by John Aboud and Michael Colton. Um, we have Will Fort, Dom Nall Gleason, who was in Tusex Machina. Will Fort was in Nebraska uh, with Bruce Stern. Martin Mole, we all know from Clue and other good things. 
and he's our narrator of this, of course. We have Emmy Rossum, and we have Joel McHale from The Soup and a couple other shows like Community with Chevy Chase, which I'll get to that in a minute. So, this is a Netflix original film. It shows the origins of the National Lampoon magazine through the eyes of the co-founder, Doug Kinney, who's Will Fort, and Martin Mull, who's playing older Doug Kinney. And he's a hilarious, free spirit, witty, witty, yeah, who co-wrote Animal House and Caddyshack and was the co-creator of National Lampoon, which sprang, which branched out, germed from Harvard Lampoon, which is at Harvard University, duh, because um, he didn't want to grow up. And Domhnall Gleeson is his more dry partner, Henry Beard. Where do I begin? We have Martin Mole. Go ahead, Ron. Just hit stop and choose something else. Yes. The <laughs> opening scene alone. Mm, I should have just known. I, I should have I should have known. But I had to keep watching. So, um Did you watch the whole thing? Yes. I, I watched forty five minutes and shut this off. I was being nice because I like Domino and stuff. Yeah, how, and, how long is it? Too long. Like an hour. It's more than one minute, which is too long. Yeah. I'm 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 a fan of Will Forte. And his his work on um, uh, last uh, last man on earth. That's a good show too. Yeah. Um, but this this movie just felt forced to me. It was. It was told badly. It just was like pop art. Like oh look, this is Chevy Chase. Oh look, this is. I would have, like. It, it felt like a Ragnar. sketch comedy. Yeah, this is bullshit. I wouldn't have even tried to watch this movie. They're like yeah, it's just so again. I like comedy. I write comedy jokes. Yeah, so. Martin Mull is narrating, popping and saying, I'm older, Kenny. I'm older. Let's narrate. It reminds me of drunk history mm-hmm. without the drunk part. Right. Like that style of storytelling. You know who did this better? America Splendor did it better with Paul Giamatti. But we're going to yeah. talk about that. We're not going to compare. Same style, but Paul's America Splendor did it better. With Hope Davis. Watch that one instead. So, um... Don't whisper because people can't hear you. I know. So, um, here's the thing. The movie drags a lot. And we keep, every so often we get, oh, this is so-and-so. Oh, that's Chevy Chase. Oh, that's Dan Aykroyd. Oh, that's Ivan Reitman. Reitman. Um, I was just so overwhelmed by, I was numb by the point where they got the check to, their $3 million check from the publisher. I was numb before that when they were introducing the writers of Lampoon and they made these little physical comments like, oh, there are no black writers you could find, no women writers and... Then they had the radio. It just it just dragged, and just there's no interest. And you have Will wearing a wig, and it was ridiculous. And you have Gleason wearing a wig. It just nothing told me to keep watching, but the fact that I was hoping it was going to get better, and it did get better at the end when the credits rolled. So, um, don't watch this if okay. you have any respect for SNL or just be in the dark or read about it. But don't watch this. This is just something that Netflix put together because they could. And I was insulted. I felt rushed to me. And I'm not sure why. Rushed? Yeah, rushed. You think it should have been longer? Uh, they no. probably filmed it in a weekend. Yeah. That kind of rushed? Ew. It just didn't. Like, hey, buddies, let's get together and make a film. That's stupid. And the weirdest thing was that they had the whole breakup of Kenny's marriage with in a comic strip, of all things. Like, <laughs> like he was sorry. with his woman and he was cheating on his wife and they caught, got caught. And it was like, I mean, you would think that would be woman? live action, his secretary or something. It's like. I know it's the subject of the times doing all this stuff they're doing, but it's at the same time it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, they would take, so like pictures 
and then and make it look like a comic strip. comic strip. Again, American Splendor did it so much better, a lot better. It's just just yeah, a mess. Told bad. So moving on, that was bad. Don't watch it unless you want to torture yourself. Unless you have nothing to do and you're sick in bed and you can't hit the remote button to stop it, you can watch it. But don't do this to yourself. Again, no offense, National Lampoon. No offense, Harvard Lampoon. I still love you guys, but this film should not have been greenlit at all without it. I have a movie that should... Page one rewrite. You should watch. But it's a mystery. It's a mystery on how you're going to watch it. And if anybody can figure out how <laughs> to watch this movie, because I can't figure... I can't... Kendra and I watched this movie, and it was one of the best horror movies we've ever seen in our lives. It scared the hell out of us. And guess what? You cannot find it anywhere. You cannot watch it anywhere. It's called Housebound, and it came out in 2014. Um, <laughs> it is. It stars uh, Megan O'Reilly. Um, I didn't really know the people. So it didn't really matter who it started because honestly, it was so good. Um, in the beginning, um, available on iTunes for four ninety nine. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not either. No, it's not. No, it's not. It goes away. It's a phantom. If you it, seriously, while we're, while we're doing this, if you guys can find it, fine, great. Anyway, um, it's a horror comedy. There. No. Yeah. Bull. Nineteen ninety nine buy four ninety nine rent on no. iTunes. No, no, no. Try it. Try buying it. I'm not gonna spend five dollars on a movie I have no interest in. I don't think it's watching. there. I don't think it's true. <laughs> it just, because I think it just we brought tried. up the iTunes store. We tried to do it and it didn't work. Anyway, it just it's, wasn't working that it. It's got a ninety seven on yeah Rotten Tomatoes. Um, okay, it's amazing. Continue. No, we've been trying to find this movie for months. We just talked about it today. In fact, directed by um, Gerard. Johnstone, mm-hmm. and it was his um, directorial debut. Um, it had, yeah, it did really well. South by, yeah, South by Southwest. And okay, so Megan O'Reilly is, is a woman who is sentenced to house arrest, um, and she's supposed to care for her mother, Miriam. It doesn't even give Miriam's name, so Miriam, and. She gets really irritated because Miriam goes on any radio show and says that the house is haunted. Like, um, and she's just pissed off. Like, oh God, how embarrassing! But little things start happening that are terrifying, and so they start getting ghost hunting equipment and all this stuff because she can't leave the house. Obviously, I mean, you could technically, but she would be thrown in jail and. I don't know. Um, she expresses continued skepticism to the whole thing, and then all, and then there's a series of unexplained experiences that, including repeated encountering the same. No, don't laugh at me, because it's scary. Animatronic teddy bear that comes a lot. It, it, I know, I know, but it sounds ridiculous. <coughs> She comes to believe that there may be a ghost in the house. And then Dennis, a a clinical psychologist assigned to Kylie, becomes concerned with what he believes could be possibly delusions in both Miriam and Kylie. So that he reviews the footage in the security cameras and and then does not believe her reports, accuses her of lying. All this crap happens, but shit hits the fan, people. 
And if this does not scare the shit out of you, I don't know. I'm filming. I mean, I was, we watched a lot of horror movies and we were jumping, jumping, jumping. It was, it was terrifying. And then at the end of the movie, we were like, that was a great movie. But then we forgot about what it was called forever. We were like, what the hell is that called? Finally, House Bound. It's actually um, from New Zealand. 2014 from New Zealand. And you're saying it's on iTunes. It just brought up the iTunes store for me with options to buy and to rent. Okay. With we did this too. On, uh, yeah, it's a 97% Rotten Tomatoes. We did this too, and it comes up on Vimeo or whatever. No, not Vimeo. Vi- not Vimeo. It's the other... This is the only one. It, this is the only one it showed up as uh, rental when I just searched for it. There was no other services available. We would search for it and try to find <clears> it, <throat> and then it said. Um, so then we would go and click on it and said not available. So okay. I, I will um, let you know. I guess if I get to watch it, see since this is watch household. Prime Video? No, it's not on Prime Video. Um, where do you see this? I don't even see it on iTunes. It literally, that was I just googled Housebound, and it was the first thing that popped up was iTunes. Okay, mm-hmm. and I I can't probably buy it because okay. And unless you have iTunes on your computer, there it's not going to bring up the iTunes Store. I have the iTunes. It says it, it says it's here. We will see. Okay, so if it's there, go to iTunes and watch it. That's all I can really say. It's an hour and 46 minutes. Housebound. Hold on to your seats. Or your couch cushions. Or whoever's next to you. <laughs> Just don't squeeze them too hard. Yeah. Um let me know if I if I find it and if it's actually true. I will put it up on. I don't know what people. I don't go to Facebook much, but I guess a lot of people do. Facebook and and Twitter, and I will Just, say here. Here's you the can link. Also check the notes. She'll she'll put something in the notes that says it's a legit link. Yeah, and then I'll put it all over social media, saying people watch it. Okay. Um, the other one I wanted to talk about today was um, it's kind of a, a twofer here. So Netflix um, original. Um, it's not really a Netflix original because they kind of just bought it at Sundance. Um, it was extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Um, it is the what? Nothing. I just got the like the look <laughs> from across. Go ahead. That's not the one you said you were talking about. For my second one, yes, it was. That was okay. I'm, I'm looking forward. <laughs> okay. I am looking forward to it. Let's hear it. Let's hear. All right. So, extremely wicked, chucklingly evil, and vile is the abridged story of Ted Bundy, played by Zac Efron, um, and Joe Berlinger um, is the director. It also has Lily Collins Ooh. and. John Malkovich. Nice. So, um, the key, the title actually comes from something John Malkovich says, um, as the judge. And it's actually word for word, what the judge said at the sentencing, um, for Ted Bundy. And 
I thought it was clever that they used that as the name. That is. It's just, it's a really long thing. It's a new trend, long name titles now. I like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's apropos yes. for, for Ted Bundy and his life. Um, so the meat of the story, I mean, you know who Ted Bundy is. I mean, if you don't know who Ted Bundy is, do some research. Ted Bundy was a serial killer, killed from Washington to Utah to Colorado, all the way to Florida. Um, and one of his biggest attributes was that he was decent looking, decent looking. He was handsome. He was, he but was also a man who kind of changed who he was. Um, not so much a master of disguise, more of a master of looks. He was able, I mean, there's a, a great shot that comes up that has like, and I think this might've came up in the other thing I was watching that shows like 12 of his different looks of how different he looks and how he was able to get away um, with what he did. But a biggest part of what he got away with was because this was before jurisdictions were talking to each other. You know, the, the Washington wasn't talking to Utah. Utah wasn't talking to Colorado. Colorado wasn't talking to, to Florida. Um, so he broke out of prison twice um, and continued killing. And the whole time, every time he was doing something, he was basically, you know, I, I didn't do anything. And people would believe him, and he'd just keep using that charm to keep going. Um, Zach Efron plays him well. Um, I mean, uh, Ted Bundy, let's just say, he's played by Zach Efron, who some might say is good looking. And then in 1986, The Deliberate Stranger, which is about Ted Bundy, he's played by Mark Harmon. Okay, this guy has been played by two of. But at least I think Mark Harmon is. I mean, Gibbs. I th- I think Efron really looks like him. Mark Harmon. Yes, Gibbs. Thank you. Efron has that ability to just to completely drop that that handsome looking okay, face to just be completely like you can look at him and you see how angry and without even like doing anything with his face, just being angry. Um, the movie as a whole. Um, okay i mean it wasn't great is it something i recommend yes but what i'd recommend even more and if you're into this kind of movie and these kind of things in general um netflix came out with the ted bundy tapes um a couple months ago as they were trying to court the this uh, movie from sundance um and it kind of it kind of soured me a little bit on the movie because you realize how evil this this character was when you actually hear him in his own voice of like how disassociative of his from his um his crimes and then all of a sudden he switches and starts it admitting to stuff and it's just it, it's creepy but at the same time you know a well-done documentary helps lay it out and it's not that long i think it's like four episodes of the the ted bundy tapes but it gives you a lot more background as to everything that went on that kind of fills in the gaps that this movie just kind of skims over a little bit. Um, Lily Collins plays his, um, not his wife, his girlfriend. Um, she loves him. They're together. She loves him, but at the same light as at the end, she kind of goes back through things and realizes that she was intended to be one of her victims and the fact that she had a kid is kind of basically what ended up saving her. 
in the end. Oh. And he just, so. Did you ever see chapter 27? No. Did you? No. Did everybody hear that? I, that's when I should have had you watch. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Chapter 27. Uh, probably cause, probably Nailed cause it. You, <laughs> probably because you were like, uh, I probably wouldn't watch it because it looks like shit. But um, Jerry Leto plays in a film about Mark David Chapman and um, the infamous murder of gentlemen. And, and uh, he looks like, talk about somebody who does a transformation yeah. into somebody else. Holy crap. I've liked Jared in most of the things that he's done. But yeah. You ever remember Panic Room? He was in Panic yeah, Room. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Chorus was in too. Like, that, yeah, he was just and the there. Little, the little girl. Isn't that uh, the name, the name? Let me think. Let me no, think. the little girl is uh, the little girl in Twilight. This Kristen Kristen. Yeah. She was fantastic in that movie, by the way. And I didn't really find her a good actress at all. And she was great in that movie. Uh-huh. No, she really was. I thought she was good. I think she's been slowly. I mean, after the, um, yeah, she and was shopper. She's gotten better. I think she was kind of yeah. plugged by Twilight. Plugged her a little I bit. would agree with that. Um, I, I would agree with that. But anyway, chapter 27. Another movie about a series. I don't watch films like that, so it's not on my radar. That's Grace's radar. I don't watch serial killer movies and crime. Well, this true was crime. just a, you know, he killed John Lennon. True crime. Yeah, I don't after those. John signed uh, signed an autograph for I, him. I enjoy documentaries more so than I do the movies about them. Um, the series that I really like, and I can't wait for it to come back for season two, is Mindhunter. Okay. With... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't <laughs> laughing at that yes, yes, at yes. all. I'm sorry. That was a totally separate Correct. thing. That's humor. Go it's ahead, Mine Hunter. Mine Hunter. Good. Yeah, Mine Hunters. Good. I was it, laughing. It has because Jonathan Groff in it. I will I'm talk. Just gonna, I will no, talk no, over no, everybody. <laughs> I will interrupt and I will talk over I'm you. Just gonna Is that a reference I'm just going to talk over now. I'm just going to say that I'm laughing because chapter 27. Got a rating of 18%. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. Now you can say, that's why I didn't watch no, it. No, I really don't. I don't watch true crime. So well, the only thing I've watched is in Cold Blood. That's where I read the book first. Which one did you read? Or do which one? Oh, you, you watched the black and white in Cold Blood? No, I, no, I read the book and then I watched Capote. So. Oh, we had to watch the black and white one because we are in Kansas and we had to watch that horrible, History lessons, boring, yeah. boring movie. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Uh, so, wrapping up, what's on your radar and what's on your queue? I'll go second. I always start kind of lame. You're on my right. It's just easier to look at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go. Fine, go. Um, my radar is Rocket Man and Brightburn. Um, since I think if two movies are, I won't be able to see, those would probably be the ones that, I, that I'd hold off and just watch a film. The ones I want to see in the theater are Aladdin and Godzilla. Yes. Nothing. I'm just the curious look from the, the Rocket Man. You wouldn't want to see. I don't think I'd get any difference between seeing it. At you don't home. No. Oh. Nope. Mm. Um, wrap up. Catch twenty two. Sneaky Pete. Sabrina and Swamp Thing will be starting the last day of the month. So, well, probably, but I only get. The way the DC Universe is, it's one episode every week. So that means oh, I could actually talk about Doom Patrol that week. Finally. 
I'll go. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I probably would like to see Brightburn in the movie theater with a pal. Kendra? Maybe. Hopefully. Um, I would like to see Rocketman in the theater. And Prof- Professor and the Mad Men is actually on, what did I say, Netflix or Amazon? One of those, and it's um, about the people that wrote the dictionary. Correct? Say that one more time, slower. Professor and the Mad Men. Yeah. They wrote, yeah. yes. I bought the book for my dad a long time ago. Sounds interesting. And then um, Dirt Bag, because it's called, <laughs> it's about a guy who climbs mountains. He sleeps in bags and Jason he's dirty. would probably like that. Arctic, and that's also on Amazon. And then um, I did start Discovery of Witches. I forgot that I had started that. that what was that, AMC? No. That's, uh, yeah. Was that AMC? Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine loves it. Leslie loves it. So she. What's it about again? Remind me. The Discovery of Witches. It's about that whole Salem crap. Okay. Okay. Uh, Aladdin, I probably couldn't pay me to go see that movie. I can pay I, you. I'll pay you for your ticket. I don't want to go see it. And I uh, can't wait to see Godzilla. Mm. I really am excited. I don't know. Ever since I was little, I would sneak out. Like sneak down from my nap, and TBS <coughs> used to show those mm-hmm. old Godzilla movies. Just love Godzilla. Yeah, this one's gonna be all out. This is gonna be an interesting one. So, Anthony, yes, what's on your radar and what's on your queue? So, Lucifer, haven't seen any of that yet at all. So, Grace has finally discovered it's a DC Vertical comic is based on so grace is now into comic books and comic book stuff which is exciting for me because yeah guy time um beauty and the beast she's been watching a lot and that's you know i have to finish that up too john wick three or Endgame, and uh i'm gonna put this out there rami is the greatest thing ever on hulu i've ever seen really it's, yes like it's better than house of cards as saying something the like, greatest thing on hulu or the greatest thing on streaming I don't want to be a qualifier. Well, so yeah, I thought Castle Rock was pretty good on I'm going to say the best thing I've seen that I've actually like, didn't know what it was. I watched the trailer and I got hooked into it. And I really felt I was rewarded the whole first season. Hmm. And really? it's been greenlit for season two, which I'm excited about. Is this something that you think that, but we would watch it and be like, it's bored? kind of, it's kind of, I mean, it's hard to no watch. Offense. I, I mean, mean, it's about a Muslim American millennial, my age, he's about my age, and he's coming of age understanding his religion. Islam, as well as justifying that with his Americanism. Right. And we talked about it. Why do you think it's the best thing ever? It's just so raw, but also so realistic. Like, it's not outlandish, but at the same time, it's, it has grounding in it. So, some characters are so out there. You're like, wow. But I know a lot of Muslims in a lot of different cultures, and it's not really that much of exaggeration. There are some Muslims who are anti Semitic and anti this and that, but they still do business with Jewish people. And I have friends, uncles who really do that. Um, so, it's just. There's so much there, and you think this is a, I mean, the last episode was like a gut punch, not in a sad way, but you're like, he's finally found someone who he can love and understands him, and they get each other, but yeah. there's, that, there's that punch okay. in there that you're like, wow, and they try to justify it too, which is huh. really strange, and it's, it's just, after I saw that episode, I'm like, okay, this is my favorite thing. 
to watch over and over again. And every time I watch it, there's something different I see in things. And it's it's supposed to be a sitcom, but it's really not. It's a sitcom. They advertise it as such. Huh. It's only like 22, 25 minutes per episode. Interesting. But um, yeah, that's on my radar. It's on my queue. Um, I'll be listening and other podcasts when they come up i keep trying to find a podcast i can't find anything i can stay and stick with so what do you what do you like listening to though? well lavar barton's show is good you know there's things that i would rather listen to than watch so it, it completely changes and things that i'd rather listen to than read right yes lavar's show is podcast is interesting to me so i've been listening to that it's like an adult reading for you know books for adults to go to bed and go to sleep too so, it's weird. But yeah. Um, adult uh, readings? I'll look, smash his back? I'll look it up. Give me a second. Like adult readings or adults yeah, reading a, books? It's adult, uh, adult reading, so. Like um, adult readings. Sorry, Barton's. Like down. erotica? Nope. I don't well, know. adult <laughs> readings? It's called LeVar Barton Reads, the best short fiction handpicked by Can, LeVar Barton. Why? Why would adult readings seem to me like... You can't listen to them. It's like go to F to sleep. It's like something for adults. They're like, wow, this is so, this is me. Like, but, give me an example of a book. Okay, so LeVar Barton Reads has the LeVar Barton Podcast. It's the best short fiction handpicked by the world's greatest storyteller. Give me a story. Let's see. We have uh, Miracle by Tope for Lauren. That's a good one. Free Jim is mine. There's Kuhn, the best we can. They're just little short little stories. They're about, you know. 10 minutes each, 40 minutes each, and you just, he reads them, and I go to sleep, you sleep. So. I just listen to my like story time with LeVar. Yes. He's supposed to be so soothing and relaxing. Okay. But yeah. It is stories by Neil Gaiman, Haruku, uh, Atavia Butler, Ray Bradbury. Okay. Did you know that I met Ray Brad- Bradbury and he signed a book for me? You keep dropping these little gems. You don't tell me until these moments. And I'm just like, letting why? you know. You I just met bring it Ray Bradbury. Give me the book. No, and he signed a book for me. I think you should. Okay. See, the, the thing with podcasts, it's like, yeah, you've got to find something that you enjoy not watching and not reading. Mm. It's hard. Yeah. For me. You'll find stuff that you just kind of fill, fills a hole. Like I use it for like basically like knowledge stuff, like expanding, like hearing about things like I, you know, watch or listen to 99 Set mm. Invisible uh, for more topical stuff like American life. Um, but there's been like fun, like there was, uh, one about the art heist in Boston at one of the museums. They spread out over like 12 episodes mm. and they kind of went through and like interviewed everybody. It's really, you know, stuff like that, that I enjoy listening to. It's yeah. like, it's like cereal when it was hugely popular, popular. I couldn't stop listening to it. Yeah. I learn languages in my sleep, so I put Danish tapes in, like little cassette tapes, and I listen to that in my sleep, and I'm learning languages that way. Um, it's weird. Rami Malek has a, uh, one out oh my called gosh. Blackout, and it's basically, it's a story. Hmm. And so... It's, can, can, do you have to be a certain age? There's some swearing in it. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't recommend it for a kid. That's an I, not a Y. I know. Um, but it basically involves like a blackout in a main town. And Rami is the uh, radio broadcast voice up there with his family and them. It's all them living. But they do all like the, the sound hmm. and everything. Um, there was one that just came out by the guys that do um, the score podcast. 
um, and also the score film. Um, it's based on John Williams, Steven Spielberg, and George Lucas's um, friendship and how they all started with the start of Star Wars That's and cool. that, and they designed it as like an audio scape type thing. So you're, you've got full actors doing hmm. voiceovers, sounds, and everything. Have you guys They're ever really fun to listen listened to. to My Favorite Murder? Mm. I have. I, I don't listen to their live stuff, and I don't right. listen to their many episodes. Um, my my friend Leslie just saw them last night. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, live, obviously. I come and go with what episodes I listen to, but but I've... I can't listen The live to episodes I've said no to, and the mini episodes I've said no to, and... They're, I've got to like skip like all their banter and just get to the meat of the story. I can't um, listen to them. You know, she can listen back, 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 back. I can't. It's they're too disturbing for me. It makes me gross out. So I have to like take a break. Cool. Well, I think we got enough stuff for yeah everybody to uh, dig in and discover something new. Right. So you can find us at culturalstew.net at culturalstew.net on Twitter. Culture Stew on Facebook and all of our personal social media handles, you can swing on over to our site and find them if we update them. I know mine are updated. Mine are updated. Okay. And you just pop over there and if you want to find us anywhere else, you can stalk us, send us an email, a weird message. You can private messages on Facebook. It's probably the easiest way. Those are kind of creepy. Yeah, they are. I mean, these are people. These are good people. Yeah. These are good people. Are you are yeah. you a good person out there? These are good people listening to us. Maybe the next Ted Bundy out there. <laughs> anyway. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Be good. The intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazeer. Available through the Creative Commons license from Free Music Archive. Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today. Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? 
Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.